You're listening to That Great Mank Pod, Greater Manchester's community podcast. Top one arcade. Hi, welcome to the seventh of our Carling sessions, supported by the Carling Made Local Fund. We'll be showcasing some of the amazing creative talent across our Greater Manchester that would normally be entertaining you and your local, helping them build their audience back and hopefully persuading you to grab a ticket for when they're back performing live. In this episode, Damien and I had a chat with Matt Concannon, actor, poet and spoken word performer, the bloke behind The Thirsty Poet, the mobile bar and coffee shop bringing ace poetry to you and your mates. Loads in this episode, topped off with amazing pieces written and performed by Matt. Definitely keep your eye on Matt's socials for news of when he's back performing and where he'll be packed up for your coffee and poetry fix. Oh, and as the Carling sessions are supported by the Carling Made Local Fund, just a reminder to always drink sensibly. <laughs> to be honest, mate, I only saw that the other day. I, I mean, always made the assumption that, that Lowry was, was Salford, but he wasn't, was he? Trafford, born in Old Trafford, lived, never lived in Salford. Yeah, I think, my, well, my granddad used to, uh, my granddad actually was the first person in his house after he passed away. Um, my granddad's a photographer. Um, right. And he's, he's had many exhibitions at the uh, at the Lowry and, and featured, uh, featured uh, photographs throughout the Guardian and stuff like that. And, um, yeah, he was there, went straight into the house, got some really iconic shots of uh, Lowry's house after he passed away, which is quite like, eye-opening, really. Yeah, yeah. This, this proper, like, obviously, you know, quite, um, I guess, like, tainted in, in his in his head. He wasn't wasn't quite all there. No. A a recluse, a bit of a away from himself, but an amazing artist. Yeah. Did, did he manage to get anything else when he was there? <laughs> And any family heirlooms. I'm just thinking, I'm glad he confirmed it. He went straight in quick as uh, my granddad was the first one in the house. He was a photographer, it was like cat yeah, burglar. Yeah, cat burglar. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that where you've got a plane wall in the background? You're taking all the pictures down. <laughs> I'd have to take them all down. It was originally every every part of the wall was filled with Larry's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Renaissance. Oh, uh, Listen, mate, thanks for doing this. Um, I mean, we. You, well, it was not spoke to say spoke to each other. We contacted each other on social a while back, didn't we? When you you brought out the 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 piece, or I think it, did you did, did you write the piece specific the, the Manchester piece that you did? Yeah, the, was the, that? Was, that God, that was last year, wasn't it? That was um, yeah. Golden Hour. Yeah, that was written. Well, it was a commission by a, a Manchester photographer, a lad that had a. Uh, just got in touch with us after seeing some of the bits and pieces that I put out. Yeah. Um, and I think it was a mate of mine, the guy who did the music in it, the, just the stuff in the background. Um, he'd passed my details on to him. Right. And it kind of went from there. And then, and then from, from that piece, you know, it's kind of, that was kind of the foot in the door to yeah. other opportunities and other commissions. And, and it's been, it's been a, like, I mean, it's been a shit year, but it's been a really, really good year in, in my sort of new field, I've only been I've only been doing spoken word for two years. So, right. Yeah, that's that's uh, it's all that's all happening. So, so why get in, why get into the spoken word? Um, I guess like well, I, I, like I said before, I've, I've trained as an actor. Yeah. Um, did musical theatre, so my background has always been singing. Really interested in lyrics and the way that songs are put together. Um always been good at like memorizing lyrics to songs and, and singing along. And I love, I love sort of rap music. 
And I think like the spoken word stuff kind of came through. I was on tour with the show and I had quite a bit of time in my dressing room to just kind of be on, be on my own and in my own thoughts and stuff like that. Cause it, it wasn't too much pressure unless I was on stage. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of got a bit, and like a bit bored and, and I was going to the gym quite a bit and my observations of the, what people were like in the gym, I was like, this is, this is important. I need to bloody, I need to write something down about this. Cause it was, I, I'd, I'd noticed like kids going to the gym and like flexing in the, uh, in the mirrors and shit like that. And I'm like, what is going on? Like what is happening? I'm, I'm you know, 29 and I, and I, I'm not, you know, I, I, I like going to the gym, but I'm not like, body conscious but all of these kids were just like and i was just like you you you, you're doing yourselves no favors and you're doing it to fit an aesthetic yeah so it's all about the kind of mental health sort of side of things and i was like well mental health is really tough to talk about especially when you're like what 17 18 when you're leaving um sort of high school and that's when that's when it's important to talk about stuff yeah and i was like well how can we talk about stuff as um that, that gets through to these people and, and, and on, 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 on their level, if that makes sense. Yeah. Accessible, so, to make it accessible for people. Yeah, make, def- definitely make it, um, make it accessible. Because I think, I think it's, really, um, it's really important to talk about stuff. And mental health isn't easy to talk about. Mate, we run a, you know, we've got a mental health charity, you know, yeah. Max Spirit. So, yeah, you, you, you preach it to the converted. Exactly, that's, that's what I mean. And, you know... When, when I mean, I'm sure, sure when you guys, you're, you're a bit older than us, but like when you were growing up and you were the same sort of age, it was, there'd be no conversation. It would have been, you know, you'd have been, um, if you were doing something a bit, what would have been seen as soft, like acting yeah. or singing, or, you know, you weren't into football or rugby or going out and drinking beer and shit like that. Like you would have been, it would have been a different sort of story. I'd have got beat up in Clayton, mate, to be honest. Yeah. Well, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Yeah. My school years were like, if you were a creative, and this is only, you know, like what, 12 years ago or something like that when I was in high school. I was like, if I was a creative, even the teachers thought I was fucking weird. Yeah. I was like, what is going on? I want to do something because I love doing it and I know that I'm good at it. So teachers are a lot to blame for like the mental health of of people especially you know growing up and, and, and developing as creatives i think it's it's absolutely balmy i don't think it's the teachers as much matt i think it's the structure i think the the education and i'm not going right into this i'm, I'm a total anarchist and i'd rip every institution down and start again but it's the i'll cut that a bit out no leave it leave it in mate leave it in i didn't say set things on fire i said i'd, I'd tear down the structure but it's the education structures. It was built for the mills and it was there to make people work six days a week and stuff. It's never adapted. It's not give you the opportunity to be you and explore and create. And, you know, it's not about that. It's about conforming. My uh, my dad's a teacher and he's been the most supportive person. And it, it's funny because um, one of my old teachers is actually uh, good friends with, with my dad and recently well this this week actually i've been hired by her to teach poetry and spoken word now bear in mind this this um, mm-hmm. this teacher in particular was so supportive of being creative and art teacher really really on it but understood from the other teachers kind of like she understood where i was coming from as a creative being kind of shunned by all of these teachers who weren't 
up for it. And it's just so funny that kind of full circle. And now I'm teaching the things that would that te- other teachers were telling me not to even think about doing. Mate, I, but when I, I look back in my part, I mean, the, at junior school, there was one teacher called Mr. Allenby who was amazing and he saw the best in people and he encouraged them. The rest of them, well, the headmaster was a nonce. I mean, he ended up in strange ways. And, you know, there was all sorts of stuff going on, mate. And it, But that one teacher stuck with me because he saw not only me, I could see him encouraging everybody else. But it, I think back now and I think how hard it must have been for him with all the peer pressure and the, you know, others going, why are you doing it like that? We don't do it like oh, that. You know, listen, I, 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 you know, I say this all the time that, you know, I mean, you just said there, Matt, that, you know, you're, you're younger than us and you know how, how it was for you when you were in school. Now think back to the late seventies, eighties mm. when we were in school or rather not in school. Oh, yeah. Um, and things have changed so much i mean there's still so much shit out there that's wrong there's no two ways about it but jesus we've come a long way oh massive you know we've come a long way it's like the mental health thing i mean my you know my eldest is 19 uh then i've got a 13 year old uh and i think the youngest is about 12 i don't know i always forget that one but the way they talk about everything you know sexuality color uh mental health a completely different world doesn't come into it doesn't come into it they are so switched on yeah i've been i've been teaching so i taught i taught year five and year three poetry and spoken word and it's quite an ask yeah even you know to get words out of these kids the majority of the time and i was a bit nervous going into it and we were going to kind of i was like well how much are they going to know and the teacher said can you do a bit about climate change and human rights? And I was like, what year threes know about climate change and human rights? <laughs> Get into the class. We're making this word bank and they're saying words that I've never heard in my life before. Like they're talking about the Paris Agreement. They're talking about, you know, the environment being this, um, you know, they're talking about the bees and the classes that they've had with the bees and the honey. And I was like, I was blown away. Yeah. It's like, Jesus Christ. It's like, and then they're talking about, you know, and um, we're discussing songs because I like to like teach about lyrics and the way that lyrics are structured to make a story and to also have such important messages in them. So we're talking about like the greatest showman, um, you know, the, the 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 movie, and I'm I'm talking about it like to these kids, and they're going, oh yeah, but I think you know it's about like um, racism and it's about you know being who you want to be and really you know, and for these transgender people who might want to be a bit more out there, and, and you know, it's like wow, okay. I didn't learn about this shit. Like, wow, this is unbelievable. There's a girl there, bless her. She was absolutely amazing. She was like, you know, it's like if I turned around to this person and said, go back to your own country, and that would be the wrong thing to say. And I was like, wow, I'm so, so glad that whatever this school is that you're at is absolutely on board with teaching the right sort of shit. Yeah, yeah. Amazing, honestly. I mean, that's why it's not a good time to be a copper because all the kids know the human rights. You know, yeah. it's like the old days where they could just go, there you go, clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can't, yeah, none of that. I am. Um, one of my first pieces that I wrote, I talked about mental health just a minute ago, but the first, one of the, that was the first piece I wrote about mental health. The second one I wrote was about teachers and my experience at school. Right. I do, I do that in a bit when we, uh, yeah, yeah. When we have a bit of a chance because uh, I don't think many people have heard it, but it's one of my, kind of favorite pieces as a, a spoken word artist because that trying to make a comparison between 
the teachers saying you'll never amount to anything and me saying, hang about, <laughs> what are you talking about? Because I'm creative, I'm not going to amount to anything. So interesting. I, I, I'm really just like proud, proud of that piece. You, you, have you played that? Has your dad heard that one? Yeah, yeah, my dad has has heard that. He's um, he was he was on board. He was like, yeah, get this, I get this. Yeah, I'm sure he sees it all the time. I mean, you know, if you again, again, you know, we we only had this discussion the other day. There's no reason to believe that there aren't wrongans in every in every part of society. It's like when someone turns around and says, "Oh, you know that, you know, we've got a bad copper or we've got a bad priest," and you think, "Yes, yeah, so where's the surprise? It's all society. There's wrongans everywhere, aren't they?" Yeah, it's farming. But it's, it is what it is, and we we do what we do to kind of get through stuff. Tell us who you are and what you do. Yeah. So my name is uh, Matt Kincannon. I uh, also go by the name of The Thirsty Poet. Um, I am an actor, spoken word artist, and I run a mobile uh, coffee shop and bar called The Thirsty Poet, which is based down in Boothstown in Salford. Um, and I go to events and gigs and perform poetry and uh, serve up beers uh, and coffee to people. Yeah, that's me. What well, an ideal situation, Paul. Give it. That sounds like if an I give you me address, can you just park up outside, do a bit of poetry? Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm just doing the van at the moment. I'm just kitting it out a bit more now, making it a bit more summer ready. How? Uh, when did you start that off then, The Thirsty Poet? So I started it in uh, the first lockdown. It was about June, July, um, and yeah, just, just after being locked in for as long as we were, it kind of came to, um, I love going for a coffee. Every time I've been on tour, I always find the independent coffee shops and support them. And with everything being shut in that first lockdown, I was like, well, there must be a safe way to do this. There must be a safe way to still go out when they're saying go and do your one hour of exercise or whatever it was. There must be a safe way that people can have a conversation and face-to-face um, you know, interaction. Because you know, even even now, and we're what a year down the line. We're still getting like elderly people come out, and if I'm the only person that they're seeing in that day, it's like blooming heck. That's it's quite big and it's important. Massive, mate. That massive. You forget, you forget how kind of even just going to a coffee shop and just picking up a coffee can be so much more than just that cup of coffee that you're about to drink. It's about the interactions, about the conversation, and talking about things and, and real things that humans talk about. Um, so that's kind of where it stemmed from. I was talking only yesterday, talking to my partner about that. I was saying she'd she'd never think of going in a coffee shop ever, right? It's too expensive. I'm not going in there. I can have one at home type of thing. Me and Paul, when we you know when we was out and about and the charity was first starting up and everything, there's probably not a coffee shop in Manchester that we've not been in to meet oh, somebody. Oh, pub, let's not kid ourselves, mate. <laughs> Yeah, but it was just that, uh, you know, how many times have we been in tack in the Northern Quarter or up to, um, what's the one at the top end that we go in a lot? The coffee pot. Yeah. You know, places like that. Or, uh, and it's just, or we've had meetings in the art gallery cafe and we've had meetings yeah. in the in the music. And it, it's not just being there, it's the venue and the people being around and the inspiration. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. and I'm trying to, like, the, the, the name and, and, kind of bringing myself as much as my personality as I could to it. You know, I'm poet first and then I've set up the coffee shop. So I was like, well, I need, I want, I'd be really interested to try and bring a bit of both because 
you know, you'd, you'd go to, like you said, you go to an art gallery or, a, or a, a museum or a library sometimes, and there's a coffee shop in there. Even in Waterstones, there's a, there's a yeah. coffee or something like that, and you can sit there and you can read a book and, and have a coffee, and that starts a conversation, doesn't it, with other people? Oh, well, even in pubs. You know, yeah, even in pubs, yeah. you're, you're not the most popular person in the world if there's, a, if there's a massive queue at that bar and you go up and say, you can have a flat white. No, I <laughs> you go to the machine and you can tell they hate doing it. Yeah, no, exactly. And they used to just go in, you know, four <laughs> high and then getting it gone. And yeah, if if there's someone, I, but I, I'm I'm often that person who just goes and says, you know, I'd, I'd really like a coffee, and I just sit down in a corner and just, you know, get on with my stuff or sit and and, and watch people. And oh, mate, I mean, you know, pubs especially, people. and you know, they talk about coffee houses, but the thing with pubs is the certainly the community pubs, the, the massive hubs. Oh, you know, they do so much money. It really, really pisses me off when people say, well, you know, we can do without the pubs or they shut the pub. They, they do so much. And if, if if all they're doing is that one person who goes in there and, and, and nurses a pint for five hours but gets to chat with someone, like that that person who comes to you for a coffee, yeah. who's sat on the lonesome for months oh. and months and months and the only conversation they're getting, and I'm not putting you down, but the only conversation they're getting is when they come out and they get a coffee. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, but it's, it's massively changed, hasn't it? It might have been in the past. You know, I, I'm old enough to remember what the vault was like and, you know, people weren't allowed in there and it was very exclusive and smoky. And um, But now, I mean, if you go in, in a pub or a bar in the afternoon, you often get like a group of young mums that are meeting in there just to have a yeah. drink and share their issues their coping strategies you know instead of them struggling at home on their own coming out meeting with a few people in the same situation and you know and it's it lightens their day do you know what i mean um i'm, I'm in touch with um well, seven brothers contacted us not long ago and um, yeah. have a little bit of a collaboration where i'm going to run some spoken word evenings um, and also be part of their uh their i think it's like a beer festival that they're doing through july Brilliant in there because uh, they've got a new place. Well, relatively new, aren't they? In um, they've got a few little venues now. It's yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah, they've done um, really, really well. We were chatting, and, and and I just saw today. You know, they they've made a beer for Rob Burrows. You know, the rugby the lad who's got uh, MND. Yeah, and they have. Um, they've set up this new beer called Roadrunner, which is for him and proceeds of that then go to the charity and you just go bloody hell it's more than just a, a pint in a shop it's a more yeah. than just it's you know the conversation and then actually when you look into what the beer is about it's more than it's more than that and as, as a venue to be able to do something you know creative in there as well i'm, I'm really looking forward to it i'm looking forward to getting back into a pub for sure but also <laughs> be, be, be creative and meet people and get to know people that way but it's knowing that 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 local history, folklore, narrative, you know, it's like if I go in, I used to love travelling about, say I went to Dublin, you know, you'd I'd look up which pub like you 2 started in or which pub that um, James Joyce wrote you. You know, there's, there's always that added history and I like to sit in there. It's not about drinking the beer. It's not about getting drunk. It's about sitting there and soaking up that culture. Do you know no, what I mean? Yeah. I've been to... I've been to um... Dublin a few times and like you just see all these pictures on the walls of like who's been there before even like when you go into town and there's like the Georgie Best uh, pub I can't remember what the name of it is it's all Georgie Best pictures on the walls because the um, the owner of it absolutely loves him and you just yeah he's a big red in it it's um, oh, yeah near it? the town hall yeah not the rising sun no, just a bit further down there, yeah oh mate I, the, you know a lot the, the older pubs that are still around there's some stories in those 
course. Yeah, and and with Manchester being such a, um, you know, having such icons come from those places, you know, you've, you've got to talk about them. They're a conversation starter. So, of course, yeah. I mean, you know, we've always said it's. I mean, my my bugbear is is people constantly, constantly going on about the hacienda. Yeah. And, and that part, you know, I lived through there, went once, didn't go again. It was a shithole. Really? You know, and, and I get its impact and all that, but it's like constantly carking back to the past. Mm. And looking at people like yourself and saying, well, hang on a minute, no, that's kind of, let's look to the future. And you mm. can be inspired by anything. You can be inspired by the Hacienda. Mm. But you can't, you don't rehash stuff. And that's why I like, you know, the work, the stuff that you do a lot of the spoken word stuff that is about what's going on now. Yeah. Yeah. I try and make things as relevant as I can um, to, to the moment, but I don't want to force it. If there's nothing out, if, yeah. if I can't be that voice for that thing, that whatever is happening, I don't want to try and force being that voice because otherwise it becomes quite dangerous. You put yourself in a very difficult position. You put yourself in a place where you're going, my opinion is greater than yours, but you're the one affected. Not only that, Manx spot it a mile off. If you're not authentic, spot exactly. it a mile off. Exactly. So, so when I, you know, when I start writing about stuff, it's because it affects me. It's because yeah. it really, really affects me. And, it, and I'm not saying the other things don't, but like, I, I couldn't sit there and write about, you know, the the Sarah and, um, you know, mm. the, the the girl down in London. I couldn't sit there and write about that. That wasn't my place to write about something. But the the food banks and Marcus Rashford having all of the you know the, the problems with um, having to support kids and, and out of his own pocket to set up a charity it's like that I can write about because I go fuck me man what are you playing at why are they why is the government doing this sort of stuff where that that affected me not greater there's no there's no sort of balance but I I, I knew that I could just go right I'm going to write something about this shit yeah. because it pissed me right off. But I, that was my voice ready to say it. Whereas the others have been like, I haven't got that voice. You guys have got that voice. This is someone greater than me. This is not for me to say about. Um, and I will do what I can to support and I will be there to support, but I can't voice that. You know, uh, we, we had that discussion around the BLM. Yeah. Move not so while ago, which is, you know, I've got, you know, we've got Man Made, got Man yeah. Productions, we've got the pod play and do all that kind of stuff. So I work with a lot, but I, you know, I only work with actors I want to work with and creatives mm-hmm. I want to work with, but because I'm in that position, I'm not in that industry. I don't want to be in that industry. Mm-hmm. I just create what I want to create. But it was like, well, you know, why aren't you, you, you should be working with more black actors. You should be working with more black creatives or telling more black stories. And it's like, how is a 50 year old white bloke can I possibly, I can have empathy with it and everything else. But like you've just said, I can't tell their stories. I'll bend over backwards to make them happen using whatever, whatever I can, but I I can't tell their stories because I've not lived that life. No. And, and why, why there's going to be someone with a greater voice who therefore then won't get heard. If you start posting something out, you know what I mean? Spot on. Spot on. My, 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 uh, one of my, Good mates. I think he's sent a few things to you guys. Ruben Johnson. He's a Ruben, yeah, yeah. Amazing poet, absolutely fantastic rapper. Like he's he's one of my best mates. And things that he says are things that I couldn't say because they come from a different place. Well, the piece that he did, which went absolutely skyrocket. Yeah, mad. That that was a proper kind of. Not many things stop me in my track. Yeah, you just sit back and you and you go. I'm I'm going to listen to this because 
it's raw and it's real and it's from a place that is so I don't know, like gut wrenching. I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. So, it's personal. Why? Why? I, it wasn't for me to sell a story about Black Lives Matter and my experiences with it. I can sit there and just like like they said, it's not. You know, the whole thing was like the same same with not all men, all lives matter. Is it's a case of going right? Okay, well, I'm just going to sit and, and listen and support and be there with you guys and listen to what you guys are saying. That's yeah. that's the important thing. You know, listen to women, listen to um, BAME communities and what they have to say. That's what the whole thing was about. Learning that personal yeah. reflection was yeah. the strongest thing you could do. Is actually thinking yeah. how how. Do I fit into this? Have I been a problem? Have I what have I done in the past that's wrong? So that you don't do it again. You know, it's exactly. a learning process until somebody pulls you up about it. Well, says, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're out of order. But that was like more on a more global scale of pulling the whole world up and giving it a shake and saying, "Oi, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean?" Come on. We're not talking about every single person here doing something wrong, but we're saying every single person could probably do a bit better. Yeah, that's a great way of putting it. I mean, you know, we've been around long enough. When you reach a certain age, you've you've been around long enough to said to have said a lot of stupid things. Yeah. Um, about all sorts of things, mm-hmm. and you know, hopefully, you learn from that. I've, you know, I think I have, uh, and you know, I'm sure Damien has, but I've got mates who haven't mm-hmm. on on all sorts of things, and and that's you know where you make your personal choice, isn't it? Well, you look Matt, for that opportunity challenge. I mean it. I used to take lads out on community service at one point on the vans and other people won't get in get, you know, I couldn't wait for somebody to say something that was out of order because I'd be like, Oh, do you really think that? All right. Okay. So, you know, whether it asylum seekers shouldn't come here and stuff like that. Do you really think that? So where's your granddad from then? Yeah. Oh, he's Irish. Well, so he came over as an immigrant then. And when you, once you start unraveling that, especially in, like say the middle of a field with a load of, lads that are on community service and they're all going, well, actually you've got a point there, Damo, right? You know, you yeah. know, you've, you broke into a whole new world rather than. Yeah. Sat in the people, of people who were, it's like you've got to be that person, haven't you? To make that, to make that connection with people. That's that, I guess that's, you know, why, why with the spoken word I do is try and find that connection in a way like you, you saying, Oh, but do you really think that it's me yeah. going right? Okay. Through spoken word and through this, I'm going to, I'm going to answer all of your sort of, or even just ask your questions that you are already asking and not be so much from my own opinion, but try and put everyone's opinion out and, and be a bit more, I don't know, I don't want to sound big-headed, but like clever with what I'm saying rather than just, going, I feel like this, oh, it makes me upset, oh, I don't like this. It's like, well, there are some people who don't agree with that, so yeah. let's try and roll their thoughts. Well, they're never going to change, mate. They're just going to say, well, he chat shit. It's also getting your message across by stealth, which is, you know, what what we do. If you yeah. go into any place and, and you know and what you're really trying to get across, nine times out of ten, you come out with it, bump, you know, mm-hmm. the shutters are down, not interested. You do it a slightly different way and yeah, be a little bit creative. Yeah. That's the that's the beauty of it, be a little bit creative. Can can you do something for us, Matt? I'll, I'll, like we were talking about school just before, so I'll do my uh, I'll do my little school piece because I think I think it's uh, yeah I think it'll resonate and make sense with the school talk that we're doing. So um, yeah, so this is called climbing out of the negative. This is for the people who said I'd never amount to nothing. So 
I climbed a mountain to get out the depths of something that you made me feel that I couldn't be. I had to prove to me, see between the cracks that lay in front of me that you made appear, dry my tears, see the sheer cliff face with no fear, no helping hand or bag of chalk to douse my hand. Then again, you'd never understand. Because I packed my ropes and was ready to scale. Desperate to show that I am willing and able, shackled like Shackleton with no chance to fail, no slips and not even a guide rail. I had to achieve. Prove to these who ridicule with ease and tease and drop the kids' self-esteem lower than roots of trees. Because at school I asked too many questions. I was shunned for being easily interested, blessed with the want to learn, the keys to turn, the ability to sit quiet, listen, stern. But no, my focus wasn't always the best it could be. But you see me, I was clinging to bigger and better dreams. I had to wear my heart on my sleeve, nobody harnessing me. It seems you teachers couldn't help me. I had to be lay my own dreams. But maybe I wanted to learn more than you could teach me. I had to breach these walls so you would reach me, scale the highest heights, push with all my might, free solo, long, hard day through tonight with a rucksack packed with all my tools, looking like a fucking pack mule, isolated in my isolation, five minutes late, and what am I supposed to learn? Staring at a wall. But all these walls that you put up in front, I had to bear the brunt. When you said that I couldn't, I wanted to call you up. But I couldn't. Because I had to make good of the bad situation, study hard, have self-dedication. My education wasn't all I wanted in life. And no, I was never going to be academic. But those words you say stick, make a kid sick. I had to work my way up quick from the ground up, grappling hooks so we didn't pile and mound up, scrambling foothold after foothold, no helping hand to hold the creative in me that you stole. I had to go it alone to the limits to get it back, frayed ropes about to snap, pull up that slack. And did you expect to see me conquer this cliff face? Be where I am today, up and down the UK, doing what I was meant to do in my own way, staring down at that path you didn't want me to take. And week after week, I pass all of the scenery, sat on the trains past the constant greenery through cities that you never thought you'd be seeing me. I walked into the wild and I took a step back and looked at myself as a child because I bridged that gap. I broke my back, took up that slack, conquered that vertical crack and that's where I'm at. To the teachers. That was, wow, brilliant. I love that, mate. I tell you I what, I'm that... more impressed about the the words, which are amazing, are the fact you've remembered them all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've actually I've, I've performed that one before at a, a live in a in a theatre, and I kind of tried to make it as much of a um, sort of to make it quite theatrical, to make it quite performed, yeah. because it can be. You know, I want to get someone to film it. I'm, I'm in touch with a director at the moment, who fingers crossed will be up for the challenge of kind of taking this somewhere and maybe, you know, going up on a hill and and being out in the countryside and trying to film this, like, as a school kid, <laughs> trying to get out and climb up this wall of the negative sort of comments that these school teachers were saying. So You, say, you summed up, uh, I've worked in prisons, I've worked all over the place, and it's that struggle, the lads from Salford, the lads from Manchester, the ones that are told they never achieve something. And they... Mm-hmm. There's a, there's a click in us all, I think. There's a little switch sometimes where you go, fuck you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, that yeah. comes through that piece all the way through. Yeah. At, at some point, there's that little moment and some little voice in all that sort of Understand. Manchester heads that just goes, no, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway. 
No, it's yeah. a trait. It's, it's, it's DNA. It's, listen, Manchester Salford DNA. If somebody says you can't do it, even if you know it's not the best thing in the world for you, you go, oh, fucking I'm doing it then. <laughs> you know, it's it. the worst thing in the world you can say to someone from this part of the world. You, you know, you can't do that. Yeah. Or I'm, I'm telling you, you can't do that. And you go, right then. But it's nice to find out the hard way and then also find yeah. out the way if it does work, you just go, yeah, thanks Christ for that. I am glad I did that. Oh, you look around and you go, how the fuck did I get away with that? So I'll try it again. <laughs> I'll try it again. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. I mean, it, you know, obviously, I mean, I'm saying obviously the fact that you, you've you got the the acting chops makes yeah. it a, and it is a performance when, you know, people say, well, I'm a spoken word performer, that it's that performer, that mm-hmm. performance, which is the thing that, that really, really appeals to me. And again, I've said said this the other day, speaking to somebody else, poetry, great. And and you know, the difference between poetry and spoken word, everyone's got a different opinion. But it's it's that I think it's it, it appeals more, it is more inclusive. Yeah. And I think it's definitely more inclusive to the younger generation. And most generations are younger than than me and him. Um, but I I think that's where it's gonna hook. I mean, doing that in skills, I mean it, it, you know, it's rapping. It's you more know, engaging, isn't it? If somebody comes on, I remember um, that when we did our opening night and we got Keaton up to, he'd done that piece and we were running out of time and it was at a mustard tree and um, we had a little stage set up and Keaton's coming up to do his, pe- his piece and I goes, uh, yeah, mate, do you want the mic stand? He said, no, fuck it, I'll do it here. And it was like, that was the best thing he could ever, you know, whether he planned it, whether he just, he went, no, I'll do it here, give me the mic. And he just stood in the middle of the stage behind him, and that, for me, that was that just set it off. Do you know what I mean? It raised him up yeah. a level. Really. Is, like I, I was telling the kids that um, this past week, and I'm, I'm teaching for the rest of the week, and then I'm, I'm also teaching the teacher trainers as well. So the guys Good. training teachers, I'm teaching them about what I do as storytelling. Um, because brilliant idea. It's making. It's not just. The kids, like kids can tell stories and one of the exercises is just getting them to be so creative and finish the next person's part of the story and you just work around in a group like yeah. that. But adults sometimes really struggle and they stop and they overthink things. and so They lose it. They lose the ability. Yeah, and I think I think one, one of the things I am so glad that I have kept is that sort of childlike way of thinking. You know, I, I, um, I wrote a piece, another mental health piece, which is on in the Lowry, um, and as part of the days like these uh, exhibition and it's all about bubbles and being a kid and blowing bubbles but the message is about mental health and the emotional bubbles and the um, anxiety bubbles of anxiety and depression and I did it to the kids and some of them understood some of them didn't some of them it was just a yeah. nice poem about bubbles and blowing bubbles in a playground and stuff like that but some of them understood and some of them were like, we're in a support bubble. And I was like, fucking right you are. Like, this is what it's about. It's about you guys. It's about us being stuck in these bubbles. And, and, and you know, it's finding that way to say this story. And I like well, It's, it's giving them the opportunities. I mean, you know, I own three of them. <laughs> you know, I've got three kids. And, you know, you, even when you're with them all, all, all the time, sometimes you don't give them enough credit. No. You know, and they're very... You know they are far more intelligent than what you give them credit for. And they do pick or make they pick things up. You got to be really, really careful what you say. I have well, yeah. when I say you, I mean I 
have got to be really, really careful about what I say because it comes back to me, you know, especially when you get to that cocky age. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, you got to be so that teaching that creative aspect. I mean, you're totally on our our level. That's what we right. do with the charity as well. We don't when we go in to do a project somewhere, whether it's homeless shelter, whether it's older people, whether whatever it is. Yeah. When we have in that initial discussion with whoever sort of wants to partner with us, I always say to them, "What about your staff? Mm. I yeah. I'm not just there for the beneficiaries. I'm not here for the." You know, we will help them. We will provide mm. services. We will do all that. What about you? How, how are you feeling? Is there some way we can do some work with workforce development and show uh, it could be carers, um, it could be people in the council? And I always say to them, look, do you want us to do some workforce development sessions and, and get your people involved in creativity and using it as a tool? I think that's, I think that's so important. That's, that's what I'm finding, you know, after, after having a conversation with this um, the teacher who's got me in. It's like, right, all right, you're, you're about getting, you know, she, she wants me to get them to write their end of term review as a spoken word piece. Ha! <laughs> sure. <laughs> Jesus, I'm like, absolutely. Like, yeah. give me, give me as, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be there all day and I will help these people to be, to, to say something and making it more, I don't know, if it's more interesting at times, if it's more, um, you'd be able to voice things that you can't usually just write down on a piece it's of paper. It's a challenge, Matt. It's a challenge. Yeah. And it's it gives sure. me hope to hear that there's a, mm. a school or whatever, it, you know, that's actually asking yeah. you to do that. And oh, I'm buzzing. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm so, so happy that I, I mean, not only because I'm teaching something that I love to do and it's easy to teach the things that you love. Yeah. Um, but I'm doing it like during a pandemic when you know, a lot of these kids and, 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 and the teachers have lost that sort of connection. And, and yeah, it's, it's really You'll stick smiles on faces, mate. The most important thing, you know, I mean, we, you know, we're a, we call ourselves oh, Mike Spirit, Greater Manchester's Mental Wellbeing Charity. And for us, although the ethos is all about creativity, whatever it is, it's all about sticking smiles on faces. If that's, if that's the least we do, is it someone gets involved with anything that we do and for an hour, they're just not thinking about all the shit they've got to deal with. Yeah, respite. Yeah, you know, at and the end of the day, th- then that's it. And you never know. And then you never know where that's that's going to lead. We g- going back to the. Were you doing a? Were you doing a lot on the open mic circuit before the apocalypse? Not really. No, um, I. I don't know if you know the lads that saying saying Manchester. Yeah. Where, um, spoken word night. They do some stuff at the Nymos in there. Uh, in Wally Range, and yeah. they are—they're really good, really good at supporting like new writing. So I did a few of their sort of nights, uh, but only performed at one of them. And before that, no, I kind of well, I, I was on tour, so I was like, I wasn't able to do stuff. I'd go and see a few bits and pieces like around, but um, I think I think I just got back to Manchester just in time for everything to shut down. So, uh, yeah, didn't, didn't get the chance to uh, make the most of the of the, the Manc sort of scene. So I'm really, really, really excited to kind of get back out there and get meeting other like-minded poets and spoken word artists um, and having the opportunity to run my own, like, sessions as well. I think that's yeah, going to be... Yeah. It's going to be min. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely buzzing to cre- kind of create this sort of... Um, I don't know, like a community of people who were just after speaking their hearts out, and that's what I wanted to be called: is speak your heart out. Um, 
yeah, speak your heart out of Manchester. I think that's a that's the way it'll be. That's that's a great name, mate, and he's a massive opportunity to do that. There's a massive opportunity to do that. Um, and if there's anything we can do at Welp, any of that, oh, mate, don't hesitate to get in touch. You know what I mean? Massively. I think. I think. Yeah, I'd be interested to find out a bit more about your your charity that you do because that might be something that can kind of intertwine and stuff. Oh, mate, I've already. That's already set in my mind. That that we'll have that conversation. There's, there's no two ways about it. And, you know, and, and the ethos of what we do with the charity is that, you know, we work with a lot of creators, but, you know, we pay the creatives to run the sessions. You mm. know, I'm a, I'm a massive believer. You know, listen, I mean, I do all sorts of projects. And sometimes, you know, you, you know, he said, listen, there's no money, but we're yeah. doing it and this is why we're doing it. And if you want to get involved, get involved. No one's, no one's grabbing your arm and yeah. saying you have to get involved, you know, but people generally do it and then, yeah. and then whatever. But can you, can you do some more pieces, mate? I'm, uh, yeah, so I will. I was thinking to do something which is um, a piece that I wrote because I didn't. I didn't know why I was writing it, and I obviously I work with words, and the reason why I work with words is because I love them, and it's something that you know the, the, there are artists out there who paint pictures. There are other people who write words down, and other people get to perform them, and. I didn't know why I was writing this piece, but I realised just how powerful words are. And this one ended up getting um, studied in in a high school uh, in in Swinton, um, and the kids actually got back to me on what what they thought this poem meant. And I was like, "Oh right, cool, yeah." I, I, well, fucking hell. I didn't even I didn't even know. I was just writing this stuff, and it was just kind of throwing out of my mouth. And I was like, "What is happening? What am I writing about?" And it was called, I ended up calling it Live by the Words. And it's all sort of, I think there's a few little metaphors in there about kind of fighting and how powerful they can be, but also how damaging they can be. Yeah. Is there so, a, a hint yeah. of spirituality in there, Matt, sneaking through? I mean, I'm a, I'm a druid. I'm, I'm heavily into spirituality. And yeah, no, words are very powerful and magical. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I think that, I think there definitely is. And that's why I wanted to kind of make this piece, which I don't know, maybe it is a little bit sort of magical and it gives you gives you the sort of thinking space so I'll, yeah I'll, I'll, I'll do this one now why not um so this is called live by the words look i'm not a fighter i don't fight but when i do swords without the s are what i fight with a pen is my weapon War scars drawn on skin with a pencil that I write with, the battleground marked with evenly spaced lines on an A4 coliseum. Gladiators. Ready? See, what I write in life echoes in eternity. A scribbled attack on the enemy, tongue-twisted martial artist to pen the opposition. To live by the words. To die by the words. Look, I don't fight, but when I do, I write to fight for rights, write with passion. Handcrafted like a blacksmith wordsmith, sculpting instruments made of sharpened lead, held like an arrow in my fingertips, a quill quiver strapped to my person to riddle with the mind of my opponent. Look, I'm not a fighter, so a writer is what I am, gripping the pencil tighter, hitting with language but not curses, combination word attacks in verses, I throw metaphors like daggers, lyrical lines staggered, strategically pinpoint precision, defence on the fighter's block. Hole punched from the writers, blocked. My word weapons can attack and protect. Words that cut with a blow, my words can cushion the blow. And your actions speak louder than words. 
I put up a sentence shield to protect the sticks and stones that break your bones, and my words will never hurt you. Because I'm not a fighter. I'm a writer. I don't fight, so I write. Nice. Excellent. A little bit different. Oh, yeah. Brain's all over the place on that one. <laughs> uh, I couldn't keep up with you because I mean, you were throwing so many different metaphors and switching yeah. it. And, you know, I was I was still thinking of something like, and I think, oh, shit, I've missed a bit now. You, yeah, know, what, yeah. you know what, Damo? I've had this thing with the people that have been speaking to you, only because it it, it, it works for me. Is is It's like picking a line that really resonates and then coming back and saying, that line that you said, Mm. You, know, you know as you did because it's genuinely meant some I stopped doing that after yeah. about five seconds because I thought I can't write fast enough <laughs> I can't write fast enough yeah but, uh, I, I was so interested like because because I, I sent that to um to the to the school and, and I put a little bit of a like a, a blurb of me just saying like look I wrote this piece and I think you know the message is that words are words can hurt words can also save a lot of people and the way that words were being thrown about by the government, you know, at the time that I wrote this piece, you're getting false promises for one, yeah. you're getting, um, getting told, you know, certain, uh, certain people are lesser than others. And I was like, you, these are all words. This is someone's words coming out and you've. The drip, drip, drip of it. Yeah. And, and but I think the fact that some of these words were prepared and some of these, you know, when you're watching those 10 Downing Street things and they're all, they are looking at a piece of paper and you go, fucking hell, not only have you said something which is really, really scarring and hurts a lot of people, you've actually written this down and you've you known you were going to say it. It's yeah. calculated. You've had time to think about what you're going to say. Yeah. Why Why would you still say something which you know is going to hurt someone? So that that's why words kind of, I just started rattling this thing off and that's where that's what came out. Um, as a where, where were you when you wrote that? I was, I was, so I live in a, uh, I, I live, I live with my mum and dad, but I live in a freight container in the garden. Um, right. So we would, me and my dad had just finished, um, finished doing it as like a little project over, uh, over the lockdown periods. And I was just sat in there cause I'd, I'd kitted it all out. We've got the, you know, it was really like comfy and it almost felt like a little studio and yeah. a little desk and stuff. And then I just started, um, just started writing and I think I think it was I might be wrong but it, I think it was just after they'd said um, that they put us in that lockdown which we weren't supposed to get come January and they were like oh yeah on the 4th of January we're going to be in a lockdown now and we were like whoa what you said where everything was going all right I think it was just after that yeah I uh, I, I can just imagine all your neighbours uh, curtains twitching every morning when they look out and they go he just put him in a container. <laughs> he just put he just put Matt in a container. I'll have to I'll have to send you a picture after, but it's it's actually quite um, it's quite cool. It's it's not I'm like I'm sure it is, mate. I'm sure it is. I'm sure it's it yeah. I don't feel like um, you know, I don't feel like I shouldn't be in there, that's for sure. Matt, Matt if, if you need help, mate, if you need help, just write something down. Is a, a little signal that I can give you guys over the uh, over the video? <laughs> No, it's it's really nice, and it's 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 kind of the home away from home, but I don't know, I have my own little space to be creative and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I'm, you know, I'm not going to go too much into sort of the politics and stuff like that, but I have never ever known a time where 
they're so divisive and so menacing is the word that keeps coming. You know, every word that's said is meant, mm-hmm. you know, and it is very carefully and calculating put together. And I have never known politics so toxic in my 50 years of, of yeah. pure lies. Yeah, from all sides. And manipulate. Oh, I mean, mate, I'm not even going to pick us. I put a tweet out before about the Tories and I said, I've got no time for Starmer either. Do you know what I mean? What? Where am I supposed to go with it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, th- I think like, you know, one of the lines in it is um, your words can cut, cut like a knife. My words can cushion the blow. Uh, cut. Words can cushion the blow. My words can, you know, and, and it's that yeah. sort of, right, so we can do both things. Okay, shit, how are we going to get through this? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mate, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a choice. It's a choice. I mean, we all say something, you know, we all, which is why we don't do these live. You know, we, we all say we, we wouldn't still be doing them, believe me. Uh, we might do it, you know, if anything ever happens, I might do an editor's cut. Yeah, of, no, uh, a director's cut of, of everything we've ever done and then just live in a bunker for the next piece fits on so many levels or doesn't it Matt because I mean social media can you know that's probably the most accessible level for any yeah. of us you only have to write something or tweet something out that then affects everyone else and then everyone got everyone's got something to say everyone's got words that can just fall out of the mouth and not mean anything and not have been thought about enough it's that lack of lack of a um, filter. Yeah, take your time. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. Yeah, a lot of these politicians have thought about what they're going to say and still say it. So that's just this. I don't know. I guess it's upsetting. I mean, I know social media can be. I don't think social media can be toxic. I think some of the people using social media can be very toxic. And I've always found it to be. You know, I've had my odd run in. And, you know, I've had my odd whinge and said the odd thing, well, more than odd thing maybe, that you think, oh, I wish I said that. But generally, it's really it can be really, really positive. I wouldn't have known what you do without social media. This it, is it. The, you the know, contact it, I've met from doing this has yeah. been the, the best thing that could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a great medium. It's a great medium for creatives. If creatives kind of... You know, there's not a huge amount of support with creative supporting creatives, and I'll, I'll always say that. And there's, you know, there's not many many people who know more about that than what I do. We're doing Mike Made and everything else, and we're doing it a long time. Mm. You know, unless it's about them, it's very, you know, it's not very rare. You get people who are really supportive, but the general consensus is, you know, mm. for creatives out there, it's like, well, I don't want to share that work from that yeah. person because I might lose out. Whereas you don't lose out by sharing anything. You just yeah. don't because you, you, your work, you, you, I think, and, and you know, I know a lot of people out there, is is different because it's you doing it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it, and it's always going to be that people are either going to like the way that you do it. The words are, I mean, the words are, are never secondary. Don't get me wrong. They're really, really good. But it's the way you put it across, the passion that's there, your delivery style, everything else you know and that's what people are buying into that's why it's great with twitter because you can put it in small chunks yeah stick a minute video on there yeah very very powerful it's what you were talking about earlier matt and me and paul talk about all the time i use the phrase bubbles i mean it's funny really and it's happened in a lot of these uh sessions and interviews what you're saying already there mate totally 100 percent everything you've said and Mm. there's too many people don't look outside their bubble you know and it 
and we found you know quite often we find whether it's actors whether it's poets whether it's it's like i only speak to other poets and <laughs> you're like mate break out of that you know you got to tap into other networks you've got to do things differently do you know yeah. what i mean that's that's the way of that's definitely the way that i've progressed is by you know I, a lot of my mates are actors but i don't always hang around with just actors no I'd adv- i would never advise that mate i think i'd go absolutely barmy otherwise <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> I think, I think... it's nice to be around people and people who are really bubbly and you know and, and i can't can sometimes be a bit in your face and sometimes you're like, oh, I just want to fucking chill and do nothing. You know what? Creative people are ace, but they're also some of the biggest pains in the ass. <laughs> I've ever come across. I know, I, I know full well I am. I've done a lot of stuff, mate. I've done a lot of stuff, worked with a lot of people. I've worked with some really hard-faced bastards in the business world, but fucking hell, give me them any day to, you know, uh, a, an actor or, you know, and and... You know, and I've got a lot of mates who do it, and it, and but it, but it's that jump, you know, it's that dipping your toe in, getting out again, yeah. doing what you want to do. You know, I I can work with, or I only work with, like I said, people I want to. Work. I don't want to work. I don't have to work with the dickheads. No, and I know not everyone has that opportunity, and the younger actors definitely don't, and that's what really really concerns me because they're having to work with people that ideally you don't want them anywhere near. No, but they have to do it. My drama school experience could have been somewhat like that with yeah. um, people who almost you just know that they're not. It's not they're not being themselves. They're not being they're being what they think that the director wants them to be. Yeah, you just go well. It doesn't mean you're going to get work. Like I'm, I'm very fortunate. I've worked with two of the directors that taught me at drama school, and I'm like, right, they've given me professional work because you just. I like to think I'm not an arsehole. I like to think I am just someone who gets on with. What don't come doing. across as an arsehole. Well, I, I hope I hope not. I know I know a lot of people would disagree. You uh, might be a good actor. I'm sure you are. <laughs> this might be an all all an act right now. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's you know you've just got to be just be genuine, and I think that's what I try and do with the spoken word stuff is be as genuine as I can, be as yeah. like from me, uh, like from the heart and the sleeve stuff as as I can, because no one wants to hear it. No one wants to hear what you think you should hear. You always want to hear the things that maybe you shouldn't want to hear. And oh, people will always see through it. I mean, yeah, it, you know, mate, honest, you come, I've never met you in person. The first time I met you on air and you're totally genuine. You know what I mean? And we, Yeah. And, and likewise with you too. It's nice, nice to have a, you know, a chat and be quite, I guess it's quite like bold to, to we, you know, we talked about LGBT, uh, not LGBT, we talked about uh, Black Lives Matter. We talked about, you know, um, having a place to say some stuff and knowing the people who don't have a place to say some stuff. And it's quite yeah. bold stuff to, to, to kind of throw in a conversation and poli- uh, politics. Everyone has a different sort of insight on politics. But- Do you know what, Matt? Would, would I, will, will I include that? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, for the simple reason that I, I, I don't, I, I don't think anything that was said there no. was anything other than, than from the heart. And if you don't, and you certainly didn't say anything. I mean, what, what my biggest concern with anything that we do and any and anyone that we speak to, I, I, you know, I don't want, I don't care who comes after no, me mentioning going on, but I do think about the other people that we're speaking to. I don't, yeah. I think what you said there was perfectly, perfectly fair. Yeah, and if I you're happy with that, no, hundred percent. I think you know, it's, it, it's, it is about it is about being as having being brave in what you say because yeah. I wouldn't have written half of the stuff I'd have written if I wasn't didn't think you know what this is i can be a bit brave and do this because of the response and some people are gonna like it some people aren't gonna like it 
fuck it. Mate, if you, if you don't yeah. have the conversation, and I'll go back to that, standing in the middle of a field with a load of lads on community service, if you not don't have that conversation and you don't... Yeah. I want to even see, it's, I, see, I don't say it as bravery. I say there's two sides of a coin, one's fear and one's love. And it's having yeah. love and compassion for other people and wanting them to do better. So if I don't challenge that lad, he'll always hold that hate. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. Gosh. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm, on, I'm on the same page as you by the looks of it, guys. <laughs> Can you can you do the um God, I, I always it always comes yeah. across this like you know like yeah, do this yeah, <laughs> do, do that do this do that you know but the, the Manchester piece yeah yeah which, yeah yeah um yeah is golden think, hour it was this was a piece that um stood out to a lot of people a lot of people started sharing it I think you guys obviously shared it on Twitter but like Manchester finest shared it which was great and it got yeah. We got quite a lot of views on uh, on Facebook and um, and Twitter as well. So we, we were really pleased with how it all came about. But um, yeah, so uh, this is me just doing it. But big shout out to Matt Melling, who was the photographer for the piece, and Matt Ruffley, who composed the music and underscored the music. So if you want to go and see this piece, you can see it on my Instagram or I'm sure it's on Facebook as well or YouTube. Um, but yeah, this one's called Golden Hour. So losing focus on the normal things we used to discuss. Streets abandoned by bees who gave the city its buzz. Capturing images of a town that used to be filled up with fuss. Now even Golden Hour starts to adjust because now it's just us holding on to our loved ones. So check the camera, zoom in, log in, lock down with your lockdown locks from being locked up now, longing for you to stay homebound and out of town. Question, is this the new normal? Stock loading and furlough, shops closed, no bog roll. We need to stop taking things for granted. And with slim chances of seeing our families, the overwhelming feeling enhances. We broke rules, took chances. For Black Lives Matter, we risked groups, knelt and took stances, and the government was too late with finances support, waiting for the next Downing Street report. No jobs, but must redeem sport. But don't travel on public transport. Stay home and work alone from home, unless you can't work from home. Boris, your rules are unknown. But we say thank you to the people who keep working. Keep serving, keep working. Clap at eight for those nursing. You kept your nerve when time's been unnerving. Those locked in, working from home. The elderly and vulnerable stuck in on their own, getting deliveries by local heroes. The overloaded Amazon deliveries, deliveroos, just to avoid overcrowded queues, hoping that the R rate starts to reduce. We'll paint a rainbow in the window from the ones forced on furlough, praying that the storm will pass tomorrow. So these are unprecedented dark times. So I wrote this rhyme for those who've had to change their lives, lost their lives, hoping that we see the light. Because I miss the smiles on the faces in familiar places, because now we only see gazes. Because now we're masked. But I know that under that superhero disguise, there's always a surprising laugh about the new look. A city moved, globally shook, moving forward with a positive outlook. But we won't let it shake us down. We will rise up from lockdown. Work a bee, rework this buzzing town because we can only swim up when we're starting to drown. 
nice one. God, that's this seems weird because that's a that's a year anniversary it was yesterday, wasn't it? Since we went yeah, into yeah. Yeah. no, that was that's a great piece, mate. It's no different today than yeah. a year ago. Yeah. yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's it's weird. Even even I've not performed that one for a while. I did it a couple of months back. Well, I think it was November time. I did it at the uh, the Feel Good Club. Um, yeah. you know, the girls there, they got us in to do a little open mic night. Um, fingers crossed, hopefully in the future we can do some more bits and pieces. Um, but it was just me doing some of my spoken word to the to the um, hunters in there. And I did that piece and I was like, fucking hell. It was like two days before we were going into another lockdown. And I was like, oh, why is nothing, like nothing has changed. Nothing is different. We are still in the same boat. Right, Okay. It's just interesting hearing people's reactions to it as well. They're like, "Oh, Phil, I felt you. Yeah, like, I feel like I'm there. Like, we are there. It's like, yeah." I, bit I like that. Um, I mean, I, I'll probably get it wrong. It's just the last bit, you know, not seeing the smiles but seeing the gazes. Yeah, just from that. That is really, and I, I, and I mean, you know, it's a really clever line that because mm. it just yeah. it's it it pretty much sums up. You know, you, you, you're not seeing, I mean, how many times, certainly with me, that you walk past someone, you know, if you let someone in or you, and, and you smile and you think, you can't see me smiling, you think I'm a miserable I'm smiling, bastard. Yeah. 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 No, it's crazy, isn't it? It's crazy. But it, it, it's become, like, I think I think when I wrote it, that superhero disguise is a bit like, you know, we, we're all wearing, you put a mask on at Halloween, you put a mask on yeah. and you, you dress up and pretend to be someone else. And um, I think that's what we've all had to kind of do and, put on a brave face, but the brave face has been covered up with this. So, well, do you know what, mate? I think it's going to take people like yourself to, you know, as, as we start coming out of this and we will sooner or later, I think we still got quite a few bumps in the road, but mm. when we do start coming out of it, you know, there are going to be massive issues. Well, there are massive issues now with mental health and mental wellbeing, but people are finding it difficult. And, and I do, we've both had blips mm. uh, to, to put into words, how the feeling going forward and you know it's always great when someone can put those put your feelings in, in using their words and i think that's what's great about spoken word i think that's great what's great about poetry it, it, that's exactly what it does because you hear something and you relate to it it's same with music i suppose the same with anything else i just think spoken word is more is more personal yeah it's coming from a per, from a person i've never had anyone else perform my pieces I've never had no. anyone else. I've never performed anyone else's pieces. I've, I write for, it's really weird, but I like write for me. Yeah. And, and that's my way of expressing how I'm feeling. That's, they're my personal feelings. They're my observations. Yes, other people will share those observations with me and will be able to relate. But even the way that I deliver it, I, you know, the, the, the sort of, the, 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 um, sort of sections between it someone if they just got it handed to them they'd be like i don't know how to make that rhyme or i don't know how that line should flow and it's that's it's the pauses for, for me it's always the pauses yeah you know that and, and that's and that's purely from coming from from your head straight yeah. out isn't it, here's, the, here's the thing like when i wrote them i didn't write i don't write pauses in i just go if i'm feeling this moment and i just need to go and take that fucking beat. It's having a, you know, it's conversational. It's, yeah. it's that pause that I just did then. 
You know what I mean? It, Silence is really powerful, mate. And um, I mean, I've, I've been a facilitator for years. I've worked in prisons, I've worked with Irish prisoners, worked all over the place. And it's leaving that space and people find it really hard. Other human, human beings hate silence or they feel that they have to fill it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, my 12-year-old's not like that. But you can also, <laughs> if you leave that space, it gives people that, they fill it with the thoughts is yeah. the way I sort of think about it. You give them spaces for people to, and like yeah. me earlier, to catch up sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> we studied um, in, in, in acting, we, uh, Harold Pinter, amazing writer, but he writes the pauses in. We yeah. call it the, the pinter pause. And it's where you want to make the audience understand and take a moment to go, am, am I there? Am I with them? And sometimes you go, that's a bit long, or well, I wonder what he's thinking. It's the space in between the thoughts. Yeah. Some, the stuff that's not said, which can actually be really, really powerful. Obviously, the way I performed it just then, if I was on a stage doing it, it'd be a different story because I'd actually, you know, you almost have the audience in your hand and that's what you're kind of used to. You can you can afford to take you can see the reaction and work with yeah. it can't you mate yeah. and you can almost you know sit in and make them feel a little bit uncomfortable and yeah yeah one of my other pieces which is uh, red alert which is about the theater industry it's uh give us a hand no not not an applause this isn't a pause for thought and it's that little pause before this isn't just uh so i say um can you do it for us yeah of course absolutely um it was it was the sixteenth of March last week. Uh, last week, and I wrote an extra part, but I'm not going to do that bit now. But um, I wrote this one last year because of the uh, the acting industry being a bit um, well, not getting any support, and it getting absolutely ripped to shit by the government. And everyone was in the same position. They announced the red alert, which was this um, you know the the call to support theatres and creatives who weren't getting furloughed, they're all self-employed, weren't getting any support from the government. So this uh, whole thing went out as uh, hashtag we make events and that was the big kind yeah, of like campaign. I remember that, yeah. Um, but it was a year since they closed the the doors on like the West End on the 16th of March and I was like, fuck's sake. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very, I, I try to use as many theatre sort of references as I can throughout it. So um yeah, this is this is um, this is red alert. Give us a hand. Uh, no, not an applause. This isn't a dramatic pause. It's more of a pause for thought. Yeah, I thought there would be more than an afterthought. Can't say we haven't fought with stage combat. We fought, lost jobs, waiting for government support, company finances left distraught. This is a red alert. No bowing, instead we're bowing our heads and industry left for dead, exposed to an invisible threat, putting the triple threats in a threat. Musos gripping onto a threat, costume makers' lives on a thread, techies tiptoe on the edge of a tread. This is your act one beginner's call. Straight to the curtain call. No performance at all, the trap doors left open, waiting to fall. It's like we're living in a bad rehearsal. Now, as we're waiting in the wings for a lifeline to begin wondering, Will there ever be another play casting? Will I ever be on another stage casting a Shakespeare play, acting character stage blocking, or will I be spending more time blocking out the panic and worry, trying to shout to block out the blackout of the performance industry? Spotlights fade in instantly. But we'll leave a light on. Yeah, we got stage left behind 
That sounds about stage right. Yeah, we fight for positive.gov advice, but there's too much silence backstage. Now, there must be a strategy. Theatres can't be filled to a 10% capacity post-lockdown theatre normality. Is this our new reality? Empty seats left absently and performers impersonating a positive personality. And Othello quote by Shakespeare. Were it my cue to fight, I should have known it without a prompt. Well, fuck me. If I'd have known that, I would have carried him up and propped her up on my shoulders. That wouldn't be as hard as the disdain to the intellect's arts, culture. This is our unwritten improv chapter. Hashtag, we make events. I'll try my best not to vent. This is a new age event. Our frustration, standing up to a nation. Can you see us? Or did we get booed off stage? Oh, the government are behind you. Oh, no, they're not. Oh, yes, they are. Oh, no, they're not. Uh, that's, that's my, uh, that's Red Alert. That's one of the ones I actually got to perform live at Nymoff's uh, in, in, uh, yeah, in town. Um, and I wrote it and I finished it the day that it was about to be this open mic night. It was the first one they've done since, uh, mm. since lockdown. And I was like, I've got to do this piece. I've got to do it. I don't know it properly, but I know it enough to know it, you know, off, off page and be able to still perform it enough. And, and it went down an absolute treat. Um, yeah, I think there was a lot of people kind of feeling that sort of relevance to things getting shut down. And, oh, man, it's, it's, I, I'm looking forward to getting back to work, but, like, it's, it's, it's a long way off. Are you, are you going to be going back into that? musical theatre touring type thing or are you whatever's there I mean there's the competitions everyone now oh. so yeah. it's it's massive um, which means that you know if I get an audition there's usually you know a small percentage up for it as well everyone's up for it everyone's out of work um, that's not just me that's the tech teams that's the lighting that's the sound that's the the theatres as they are you know, everyone's out of work. Everyone's looking for work. Um, I don't think I'd go back on tour again. I think that's just quite, it's quite isolating. You put yourself away from a lot of opportunities and things that can come around. More regional things, more Manchester-based things, maybe, you know, um, hoping hoping that things can kind of kick off and, and give me a bit more chance to explore the North and the North, what the North has to offer as theatre and, and performance. But, I don't know. The, the, the spoken word stuff is is really. I'm really loving teaching it. I'm loving. I'm loving just the, the creative side of it. So if and it's paying as well, which is mad. Nice. <laughs> never thought, yeah. I never thought they would be paying. Um, two years ago, like I, I tweeted the other day because it was World Poetry Day, and I was like, two years ago, I didn't have a clue what poetry was really. I only knew it as something I didn't like because it was the AQA anthology in my English lesson where my English teacher fucking hated me and my brother. Um, and going back to the teacher poem that one was for, for her um, right. but you just go well I don't know it's, 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 it's um, something I never thought I'd be doing and, and enjoying as much as I am Listen mate I don't know many uh, creators as in actors poets spoken word who are earning a living full time doing what they do so you know if 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 you're getting paid to, to uh, uh, the important thing for me is the fact that out of those kids that you're speaking to 
I bet you can guarantee that what you know there's going to be kids there that are going to could be doing this on the stage in Mate. however many years. Honestly, I I um I asked them to just write down some words, and whether they got confused, they started writing fucking poems. Yeah. And I'm talking like deep shit about climate change. They're talking about stuff which I was just honestly blown away by. And I'd be like, right, so what, what words have you got? Like, what words have you got that I can put on the, on the board? And they were like, sir, I've got this, I've got this whole poem that I've written. And I was like, right, okay, go on, give it, thinking like, you know, it's going to be like 10 seconds, the, the bees and uh, trees and leaves and seas and all that sort of stuff. Honestly, I was blown away. Honestly, it was, it was unbelievable. The stuff that they're talking about already, and that's, you know, you just go, well, where, where is this going to go? And you might study English. You might study science when you leave here. You might do something completely different, but you'll always have that knowledge that you actually are able to write and be creative and use that sort of side of your brain. Um, oh, man, absolutely. But also, it's competition. <laughs> so what you've got to do is, if you're really good, you've got to go, well, you know, it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. yeah. but you, but here's the thing as well though with, with poetry like it, when I'm teaching adults and drama school students it's um, I can't say that that's bad because this, this is personal it's, yeah. it's one person's thoughts yeah. it's one person's idea I can't say I can't grade anything you can't go oh that one was better than hers because that one actually you know touched me a bit more no that one might touch someone else my poems might not matter to anyone they might matter to you know a handful and then the other handful go, well, no, I think I didn't get anything from it. So therefore I can't, I can't grade. I can't judge. I know the people who are willing to put their, you know, heart into something. Um, but yeah, you can't, you can't grade anything like that. No, I mean, I have a poet say to me, well, you know, it, it's got to do this and it's got to go. And then it, it goes down a little bit. Then it, it should. So yeah, it wasn't in the structure and you think, yeah, but I really liked it. And I had fun <laughs> and I had fun and it was good. And I, I loved, yeah, that's where you go. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll shut up then. Like, I'm not going to say anything about that. Yeah, I mean, we're seeing a lot more spoken word. I mean, Biden's inauguration, you know, that girl was oh, absolutely was amazing. amazing. Do you know what I mean? Um, you see, like George the Poet doing adverts now, you do yeah. it's it seems to be becoming a lot. I mean, it I sort of look at um, because me and Paul have seen a lot of spoken word and we've been out, you know, we know a lot of the guys that do it. Mm -hmm. And they are becoming more political, and, and yeah. they probably have always been to a certain degree. But it's like the comedians used to be, yeah. you know, when I used to think of like not the nine o'clock news, and uh, you know, when people like that were coming through. Mm. But you guys now are sort of pushing the boundaries a little bit and being a bit cheeky with it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, massively. You are, but every every piece that you've done, I've smiled at. Well, you know, so there's, there's good, yeah. you know, there's. There's, there's something if you, if you just come out and just say oh it's, everything's shit and yeah. we know you know and this is and it's been a shit year and go you know you, who's going to listen to that everyone else can say that everyone else can can say I feel like this year was shit right okay that's great why does someone need to remind him of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah just, just go yeah it is fucking it's really shit but let's try and let's mock how bad this like i love mock the week because it is them just mocking how god awful certain things are you just go yeah. all right well I'll, I'll listen to you because yes you're saying something i already know but you say it in a way where it actually makes me feel a little bit better about the circumstance and it makes me want to like you know hope that other people listen and enough people are going to listen to make a change spot on mate can, can you tell us what where where can we find your work matt 
Yeah, so I post a lot of my stuff on the Thirsty Poets uh, Instagram, which is the Thirsty Poet underscore Co on Instagram. Um, you can find him on him. It's me. Uh, you can find me on uh, on Speaking Facebook. about himself in the third person. Not a good sign, Matt. <laughs> it's been locked down for far too long. Um, Matt, do you know after your name there, it says he, him. I thought that was because you were woke rather than you were actually two different people. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think so. Eh? That comes off. The kids didn't know who I was when I took my hat off the other, week, the other day when I was teaching. So I had to like, no, 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 I'm bald. Don't worry. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can find my stuff on uh, Facebook if you type in The Thirsty Poet. Um, my website, which is www.thethirstypoet.co.uk. Um, and I just tend to post things and, and see what people think. I'm trying to do a little bit more like some some lighter sort of stuff. So writing stuff about um, like it was Mother's Day the other day, just trying to write something which is quite yeah. light. People just, you know, it's, it's light. It's not always got to be political. It's always not always going to be sort of um, hard hitting. Angst. <laughs> which, which can often come about. But yeah, just just... That's where you can find me. And if you want to hear me do some more stuff, then just give me a follow. And also, if you want to come to the van and get a coffee, then I'm in Boothstown. If you go on my Instagram, you can see a link to where uh, where I'm based. So so where is the van then, more often than not? So it's uh, mainly the weekends at the moment. It's right. down in uh, the... It's, well, it's, it's on the Bridgewater Canal um, on the Boothstown. Uh, it's by the moorings. So it's where the little marina is, Boothstown Marina. Ah, okay. Just after Worsley. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's there and you can chat to me about whatever the fuck you want and I will listen and hopefully, yeah, yeah, that's, that's how you make a connection and you, you have that genuine sort of conversation. Do you know what, mate? It's been an absolute pleasure and I'm not a good actor, so, <laughs> you know, what, what I'm saying is, is, is what I mean. It's been an absolute pleasure. I love your stuff. Thank I love you. your whole outlook about it um i just have visions of see uh, what you do next paul yeah we've talked about whether theater is relevant anymore and whether these places will be the venues will be relevant anymore i want to see vans on every corner with poets in them yeah. <laughs> that serve coffee and beer yeah. that'd, that'd suit me down the ground you know what I mean? mate it's it the fact that there are people and there are lots of good people there are lots of good people out there doing all sorts of things but it, it's great that you know there are people like you because you're encouraged but you're encouraged the important thing for me is is for younger people to get involved and take a punt and go i can do that and teachers and anybody else really saying yeah yeah Yeah, fuck politicians they'll never change (laughs) we can try and make them but yeah no you're right should we invite them all to a session no should we put an open call out to uh, all the Counselors, I'd rather not, mate. But listen, that's definitely there's definitely stuff. I mean, if if you're up for it, Matt, we've got loads of stuff going on. I'd love you to be involved um, with the charity. I think if you've got any projects you think of, and we say this to everyone, we the charity is not ours, even though we set it up and we we run it. It's a platform for everybody else, and a lot of people look at us and go, "What the fuck? You're not about you. You you try to take over." I'm like, I'm not. Really not. Even if it's just, you know, having you guys, knowing that you guys are there as a supporting sort of thing. So if it was uh, an open mic or something like that, and it was, yeah. you know, in, in in support with your guys' charity, yeah, yeah. just something really, really nice to um, 
if there's any project you'd ever wanted to do, come to us. Yeah. Tell us what it if I can find funding for it, I'll find funding for it. And just use the charity, use the structure. Right, mate. You have a good evening. And I hope you've got heating in that. I do, yeah. I do. I've got heating and I've got beers, so I'm I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great, mate. Right. Listen, thanks a lot. Speak soon. Speak to you soon, guys. Cheers, Cheers man. Bye, mate. See, see you later. Care, man. Bye, mate. Take care. You're listening to that great mank pod. Greater Manchester's community podcast. Top one, our kid. I mean, London is just it's somewhere I could never live. Yeah. As like, unless I was studying, it's just too, it's too um, it's too crowded. There's too much going on. There's there's you know, Manchester's the place for me where you know family are here, mates are here, and yeah. everything's kind of on your doorstep when you're in Manchester. I mean, that's the that's the blessing of it, and the community and like the way that you know. Um, us Manx support each other. I think. I think there's. It just seems like there's a. It's like a. I don't know. Like a family. Like probably. We're not dicks, are we? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Salford, Salford all the way, but uh, as a whole, Manchester as a whole is a fucking. It's a godsend. Oh, it's, it was, we were having that conversation the other day. It's um, always makes me laugh. That I mean, I'm you know I'm fifty Damien's. 50 so we've been around a bit but oh, fucking hell this Salford Manchester thing it's just you, know, you can you can say some of the worst things to people and get a better reaction than say to someone who's from Salford oh yes you live in Manchester do I fuck live in Manchester when people say you're from Salford and you go yeah. fucking what Salford <laughs> what?